And thanks to Cryer Malt, this is Radio Brews News. I'm Matt Kirkegaard. Actually, no, I'm not. I'm James Atkinson. And I have with me Professor Pilsner, Pete Mitchum. G'day, James. And we'll just uh, cry a malt, local malt for local people. Of course. Thank you very much to cry a malt. And, and Pete, how's your week been? Mate, it's been great. Just uh, landed back from the final. The 10 sessions of Gabs came to a close in Auckland fairly late on Saturday night uh, or very early Sunday morning. So that's done and dusted for a year. So we're just about to do the, the debrief and everything on that. We'd love to get feedback from any of the punters who managed to come to either Melbourne, Sydney or Auckland because we're certainly looking at where we can improve, what we did well, how, can we, how we can do things better and all that sort of thing. And um, I don't know if I have mentioned, but a quick congratulations to the good burgers of Sydney who came out in their droves and managed to session... Uh, one of Sydney, the uh, Saturday afternoon, was the biggest single attended Gab session ever. We're just on five and a half thousand people. So well done to them. So that's been my week recovering, catching up on emails and um, yeah, playing the catch up game. What about yourself? Oh, look, I've had a pretty quiet week to be honest, but I, I was just interested to know how Gab's in Auckland um, went in terms of, you know, is it starting to kind of get its own identity from what the local brewers been serving up down there? Yeah, it certainly is. Um, 66 beers, of which uh, there were a handful of Australian ones. I think there were only two or, or three or four Australian breweries who went over and, and actually had a stall in the Liquorland Marketplace, which is Hawker's, Stone and Wood, Little Creatures and Coopers. I hope I haven't missed any. So it's probably it's probably fair to say that the punters are certainly embracing it because I think having having missed the uh, Auckland Beer Fest, which was kind of, you know, that they didn't play well and so the, the police, you know, sort of took their toys away from them. So Gabs has kind of filled that vacuum and then some. So the Friday night session was a lot of trade which was great to see. And then Saturday afternoon, Saturday night was just absolutely chock-a-block with punters, which was great. It does have a, it, it still has a very Gabs feel, but they've certainly embraced it as their own. And there were, there were like plenty of people there who I was chatting with who sort of, oh, is Gabs in Melbourne as well? So there's not that kind of, oh, this is good. We've got something that has been transplanted. They've really kind of embraced it as their own, which is great. Not sort of any um, impression of Aussies coming over here and taking our beer festivals. No, no, not at all. No, no, it really seems, uh, as I, I think, and it's often said that where Wellington is kind of like the New Zealand version of Melbourne and Auckland is the, the New Zealand version of Sydney, Auckland is, is really sort of, the, I guess, the growing market um, in terms of bringing people on board with independent beer. So they really seem to have embraced that. They do take to it really well. And I don't think there's a, I think there, there's a, a local loyalty, but there's also plenty of people who sort of come up from, whether it be Hamilton or um, come up from Wellington uh, or from the South Island for Gabs. Uh, and, and Auckland really has that, even the, you know, the next day you see you know, people wandering around the streets with different brewery t-shirts and that sort of thing on. So it, there's a nice kind of uh, vibe around the festival as well. So I think it all goes well for the future. A quick shout out as well to um, Stockade Brew Co, which was voted the People's Choice winner at um, Australian Gabs with the Mountie Maple Imperial Stout. And that was that sort of flew under the radar a bit, that announcement this week. Yeah, I just wonder whether, and that's part of the feedback that I give, is that I think we probably almost need a, a state-by-state people's choice and then an overall, uh, I think would be nice, just to sort of see, are there differing tastes or or does a certain beer just really sort of capture the, the zeitgeist and the public imagination and as well as being a, a good, well-tasting beer? It seems to be another a victory for the sweet tooths, though, uh, the, the Mountie. I've actually tried it, but uh, just another D- beer that seems beer. to be... Dessert beer strikes dessert thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, we, we, we talk in, uh, in Craft College that I host uh, seminars for, we, we talk about, you know, when we're explaining Gabs and, and how the festival beer concept works. 
And there are basically two fields from which uh, Gab's beer can come. So one is where a, a brewer wants to highlight or showcase a particular, whether it's a native ingredient or a style or to do something that they just haven't done before. And that's probably 10% of the beers. The other 90% is really just where a brewer probably after a couple of beers, just thinks up what they think at the time is a piss funny name, you know, a pun or something like that. And then they try to reverse engineer a beer to fit that name. But then within those, within both, there seems to be a lot of dessert beer concepts, which whether it's just that it's so different that they do stand out, you've still got to make a good one. Uh, and it's still got a, you know, taste of what it says. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the, I'd also love to see, I guess, the numbers, like how, how many, vote, you know, how many people do vote for their favourite. Yeah, maybe a top three or something like that as well. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah, just to sort of see, you know, was the next beer down another dessert beer or was it, you know, a belly button fluff beer or or, or was it you know, a nice, easy, nuanced, subtle, um, you know, earthy, true to tradition pilsner? Yep, I for sure. I doubt it. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some breaking news this week in federal parliament. All our politicians apparently love craft beer all of a sudden. Yeah, it's funny about that, isn't it? Couldn't, Have you, couldn't even get you, them to answer the phone a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Anthony Albanese moved a motion to basically several different initiatives in support of craft beer, which was subsequently seconded and then debated in Parliament. Um, and then there, then it was just a bit of a love-in. I've actually just been through the Hansard notes on the that particular session of Parliament and read what all the different politicians had to say. And it was pretty much a competition for everyone to talk the sector up more than each other and talk about which breweries were in their electorate. And there are there are definitely a couple of brewers I've spoken to who have been around for more than a few years. And when they started up, they would have loved to have had a bit of this support and have been just slightly amused by the fact that it is a bit has been a bit of a competition um, in recent weeks by the politicians to to sort of see who can be most aligned with supporting an issue that is obviously being seen as being, you know, a, a politically valuable point for position. them. To, yeah, advantageous, yeah. yeah, for them to be for them to be taking. So so there, there is a bit of cynicism out there about it. But then on the other hand, it's great that it's happened. Um, emotion doesn't really mean a whole a whole lot at this stage, but it at least does put it on the agenda and hopefully there'll actually be some follow through. Yeah, you're spot on. It's, it's easy to, I guess, be, what's the word? Yeah, symbolic. Time will tell whether or not they actually put their money where their beer goes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, we wish them luck. And uh, I guess a nice segue from that into um, the craft capital, I believe, has been geographically transplanted from uh, either Fremantle or Melbourne, depending on which side you're on, to um, inner west of Sydney. Well, according to the Victorian Premier, Daniel Andrews, it's actually Ballarat. I don't know if you got the memo. Yeah, no, that's that's yet to be built. <laughs> well, no, no, but he he was talking about the university and uh, a couple of other factors that apparently make Ballarat the um, the craft yeah. capital. But I, I think that's yeah. a very long bow to draw. Yeah, so we, we were actually talking last week about the inner west and just how many new breweries there are popping up there. And really, within a couple of days of that, the, the, this new association, the Inner West Brewers Association was announced and it's going to be headed up by Peter Phillip of Wayward Brewing Company. And he was actually saying that there's currently 14 breweries and another four in the pipeline in the broader inner west region. So that gives you a bit of a feel for for how many there are in, in a pretty concentrated space. Yeah, and that's uh, the Honourable Member, that's his electorate, isn't it? It is. Grain Mr. Lowe Mr. is um, our, 
Albo's electorate. So certainly I think, you know, the, the guys in the inner west have done a good job at getting him interested in the sector, even if he is in opposition, which means what he can do is fairly limited. I think I think all this everything we're seeing I think is is very positive. Yeah, and so if nothing else, it's it's highlighting, I guess, the the plight of small producers in this case, you know, craft brewers. When you look at the competition they have from you know the inequality of wine with the wet tax and that sort of thing. The uh, and if, if nothing else, we can we can draw attention to things like ok health and safety. And I was speaking to Steve Jeffers over a beer last night. Yeah, so look, you know, the, the money is is not so. You know, the, the excise maybe they'll never. They'll, they're more likely to add it on to wine rather than take it off us. To be to be honest, so let's let's be careful what we wish for. But if it leads to things like drop the excise penalty on on you know putting beer into smaller kegs. So instead of asking our increasingly growing hospitality sector to lift, you know, 65 kilos worth of full kegs and allow us to charge the same excise, you know, proportional to 30 litre kegs or 20 litre kegs, because the other things that that will do, of course, is is allow venues who, oh, look, I'm not sure if I really want to try, a, you know, uh, in, in my pub, a maple, you know, Mountie maple stout. But I tell you what, if you give me 20 litres of it, I might take a chance. So I think those sorts of things are the kinds of things that these kinds of associations or, you know, sub-branches, if you like, of of the IBA or the, the Brewers Guild kind of concept can really work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hey, speaking of hospitality, did you happen to catch the um, the news about you know, Good George? So Ian Watson, who's uh, probably, I don't know whether how well he would be known at the, at the grassroots level, but certainly a lot of people who drink a lot of beer will have drunk beer from breweries that, he consulted and designed and commissioned. Liam Watson's a... Sorry, it's actually uh, Brian Watson you're referring uh, Brian to. Brian Watson, there, prof, sorry. Prof, yeah, obviously, Watson, the, uh, Fortitude. But I was oh, drinking oh, with him too on the weekend. Fortitude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, yeah, sorry, Brian. I've made, that, I've made that mistake, actually. I've made that mistake, actually, with Brian, but to well, his face, to him. Ian, yeah. so you're not alone. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I might, have, I might have David Walker, Adrian Walker, too, and, and not realised it from the floor, yeah, live on the microphone at the AIBA Awards presentation dinner. But anyway, um, yeah, they had a, an interesting stoush with a, what they call, a hospitality icon. It sounds like, you know, colourful hospitality identity kind of yeah. thing, a bloke called Leo Malloy, who, who took a bit of umbrage. And we should point out, so good George had commissioned um and we talk about real estate on the bar and making your uh whether it's your taps the decal the the tap handle something to sort of stand out to to differentiate you from the crowd and good george have actually commissioned an engineering firm to create the font itself on which you know the the taps will will sit and they'd noticed that one of these a bar that's um contracted to db which is one of the big breweries over there in new zealand basically directly copied the sort of thing and yeah some of their the drinkers the fans of good george pointed that out on on social media and uh and leo malloy it's fair to say he arced up took umbrage yeah have you got have you got some of his words in front I, of you because it's, it's something it else it is pretty good. So, uh, yeah. yourself in trendsetters. Here we go. So, Leo Malloy. Uh, so, uh, it was irritating. Had lots of feedback from beer circles over the weekend, right? So, this has never happened quite like this before. So, we thought we'd ask a few more customers about it before we decided what to do. If it bothered them, then maybe we should be more bothered by it, the, the copying. Uh, a quick post on Facebook, and the bulk of the comments told us to just keep making beer that tastes good, or as one of them put it, you know, different beer, that's all that matters. But then the bar owner jumped in and utterly lost his shit. Leo Malloy blamed the tap installers, DB, then admitted the taps might be a copy before attacking in a truly vile way one of our customers. So not even good George, but one of the, their customers who had dared to stand up for us against his onslaught. What was entertaining at first got ugly fast, so we removed his thread. 
but uh, we have access to it here at Radio Brews News, and here it goes. So Leo Malloy said, quote, Mate, you need to get a fucking life and take a reality check. No one copies ideas from a second-rate shithole operation like yours. I note, though, that you've copied plenty of ideas from little creatures because you wouldn't have an original idea in your head. Good start, Leo. We just pick our hardware from the portfolio presented by the beer system supply without giving any consideration to what some insignificant nobody from a third-rate hole like Hamilton may or may not have used. So they're a second-rate shithole. Uh, located in a third-rate hole like Hamilton. Uh, if it matters, we spill more pus than you brew anyway. But thanks for the publicity with your 12 Facebook followers, you insignificant minnow. Now, fuck off. <laughs> a measured response. I think he probably, yeah, calm, considered, um, sat <laughs> yeah. back and forth about it before he pressed send. Not. Yeah. So well done, Leo. If nothing else, champ, you've given, um, you've given good George plenty of good publicity. Uh, yeah, but it, exactly. it does, I guess, highlight, you know, the... The difference, like you, I, I, I'd like to think that you you wouldn't get that sort of childish response from an independent venue or, or, or brewer to to that kind of thing. It's more likely to be a, a, a quiet phone call. Oh, look, mate, you know, we just noticed that you've you know using some of our stuff or whatever. You know, not a big issue, but if you wouldn't mind, you know, cease and desist kind of thing. Um, humility. Yeah. So I don't wonder. Does it does it highlight the gulf between uh, you know good beer and uh, hospitality icons in Auckland, or, or maybe just this particular hospitality well, icon anyway? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think his 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 icon has been slightly tarnished. So there we go. Absolutely, yeah. mate. Any other news before we let our uh, listeners get over to beer as a conversation? Where this week we're chatting with Three Ravens head brewer Brendan O'Sullivan. Mate, that's me done for the week. I think we should let them get into that chat. Yeah, same. And uh, we wish Matt uh, safe travels as he returns from um, Mother England. Uh, although I guess he's Danish, so it's not really Mother England, is it? But anyway, he'll be back, I'm assuming, for next week. I don't know whether you or I or both of us are out of a gig. We'll see what happens. Maybe he is. Maybe the um, <laughs> maybe maybe you peanuts out there could finally get off your fat jacksies and write a review or send us a note or something and say, hey, it's been really good without Matt here. Um, well, actually, funnily enough, I, there, there was um, some interesting feedback that came. We've just done the Bruce News Reader Survey, which has just been absolutely awesome, some of the feedback that we've had. And actually, there was only one isolated comment, so not blowing my own trumpet too much, but there was one isolated comment that said that I'd been a welcome addition to the podcast to bring some young perspective to Radio Bruce News, which I thought you guys would enjoy. So, so I look forward to providing some more young perspective in weeks to come. Yeah, good on you, you twat. Now, look, I'm sitting here looking at my Skype screen, and your profile picture is bloody Statler and Waldorf. So pot yeah, kettle well, black champ. Yeah, that's that's who I'm joined with on the program. Yeah, yeah. Right. You don't have, you can't always be young, but you can always be immature. I say. <laughs> that's, that's the way I like Good to do point. It. So yeah, look, send us in cards and letters, guys, uh, or a um, a review on Facebook. Throw money at us, whatever you want to do. James, thanks very much for joining us again. Uh, and as I hopefully we can continue it next week once Matt's back. I don't know if we can engage in a three-way, but we'll see what happens. But until then, we'll uh, get Freya to get us some jaunty music to take us out. And uh, James, catch you next week. See you, Pete. And we're out.